0: All right, good morning, good afternoon or good evening everyone as always i'm humbled and very honored and grateful that we are joined by our great friend of the show brandon from expanding reality to look at something very, very interesting and very peculiar today, but before we delve into that brandon how you doing today brother and which document are we looking at specifically and i'll put it up on the screen.
1: Yeah, uh, doing incredibly wonderful. Thank you so much for asking, Dave. It's always cool to see you, dude. Uh, the document in question, invisibility, cloaking, theory and experiments. Man, there is so much to talk about on this. It is absolutely fascinating and I'm super excited to do this as always, man. It's good to see you.
0: Awesome, you well, I'm, I'm I'm doing great, man. Can't complain at all, can't complain right. at all. Um, before we delve into your, your analysis overall on this, I know that before we started recording, there's so much here and I'm very excited. I do want to give a friendly reminder to all that uh, for this particular series we're covering all of the 38 DIRDS defense intelligence research documents again I'd like to point out very humbly uh, there is a copyright warning that further dissemination of the photographs in this publication is not authorized which makes me think again friendly reminder to all of you um, why were the photos not allowed to be publicized to what I mean again how in depth were the photographs to to the point where they couldn't be shown in the public foia reading room uh, documentation and literature so again that's just a refresh of why no photos we don't know but please brandon take it away
1: man it's uh it's a wild thing and it's interesting what you said to the photos because a lot of them are very uh you can't make them out if you go to page two right there um it's interesting that you can't um copyright it's copywritten because you can't pass it out but it's very hard to understand what's going on oh the number two not the uh Index. My apologies. Oh, so um, no, no, no. It's okay. Uh, so yeah, it's just wild that the, they're like, hey, we can't. Uh, these are copyrighted. Don't don't worry about passing them out. And then you scroll down and you see these black and white um, diagrams that are very hard to make out. I mean, even zooming in as much as you can, they're they're very tricky. So it's interesting. Even they're even camouflaging the information about camouflaging in the camouflage document. It's insane. So uh, yep. one thing that I was thinking about this actually a lot of things is the obsession that nature has with camouflage. Um, I get it's for survival, but it seems that on some of these things, they're not for survival or Therefore, survival of some nefarious things. So you could even think to camouflage the ideas away from people like you and I to be able to see them properly. Now looking at this, there's so many things to go through in this. You've got the optical camo, uh, you've got, you know, this brings to my mind, uh, lensing, mirages, um, the fact that perhaps um, chemtrails could be cloaking something from our sky, and maybe that's what it's all about. There's also sorts of, um, uh, you know, the matrix is like the ultimate camo, right? This idea that there's a 3D projected matrix on top of this 5D earth, if you subscribe to such a thing. But what it tells me is is that there's a lot of screwy things going on here. There seems to be a lot of things that are hiding from you. And they're uh, doing their best to do so. And so it's very interesting taking a look at this even down to Fermat's principle which is in the document, but it's something that I just kind of wanted to touch on here real quick. Now for Matt's principle is also known as the principle of least time. So this is a link between ray optics and wave optics. This is the original strong form. Now what this just literally means is it's about light taking the least amount of time to reach its destination. And so when you're talking about cloaking, this has the limit of your perception as far as the distance the light would travel. Yeah, perfect. And there's one of those beautiful Do not uh, disseminate um, clear pictures for us there. So it's just very interesting that this ties into these uh, principles of light refraction and um, wave interference. I mean, there's so many things to cover in this, but one of the main takeaways from this was the, I mean, for lack of a better word and excuse the language, the fuckery, and that's what it feels like. It feels like a lot of the chemo um, things that are being implemented are done to disguise your ability to perceive reality accurately.
0: I want to thank you so much for bringing all of that up because again this speaks to the concept of we see here HG wells is the invisible man. Invisibility by transparency, so we see here in wells novel if i'm not mistaken wasn't there a film recently that came out about in last handful of years very, in my opinion, very well done regarding the technical was there. You know, it's
1: so interesting that you say this is uh, before we even decided on this topic, um, a few nights ago, I rewatched the movie Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. And Hollow Man is this exact film I believe that you're talking about. And what's interesting about it is he, you know, is this amazing, brilliant scientist that had all these incredible uh, ideas and concepts and he could just solve everything. But... Whenever he got the ability, turned himself invisible. Spoiler alert, guys, if you haven't seen it. Um, Turned himself invisible. The only thing he did was perv out with it. He went around molesting people and raping people and doing all sorts of weird shit with it. So this is one thing that's interesting. One parallel that could be brought from the Hollow Man example as well. Is with this power of being able to deceive your perception, it seems like the psychopaths in power are using it to you know be pervy and rapey and all that kind of stuff against your senses your intuition and gaslighting you constantly with things that they're presenting as what they're not and so this is just another form almost like a psychological camouflage uh that's interesting right. about this but good good pull on the hollow man and it's so synchronistic that i literally just watched it the other night i Isn't... don't watch things by the way so to catch me <laughs> in the screen other than this is very remarkable. And and I happen to pick a topic that we were going to talk about in a few days. That's wild.
0: That's incredible. And one thing that I wanted to bring up as well to to that point there is that what we'll find as well, in my opinion, I'm just trying to look at my uh, my notes here is this concept or idea that when you take a look at again photons and phonons, which I think we looked at last time in in general, the idea of again reflecting the environment using the light waves that are all around you, it speaks to this concept of in the film The Invisible Man, we see, for example, I would pull up an image, but I wonder if it's gonna get copyrighted or not based on YouTube's well, gotta you see it.
1: He's invisible.
0: Ah, good <laughs> well, more <laughs> so. Yeah, there we go. The The suit overall had these very, very nano sort of like, I guess you could say dragnet or fishnet like cameras that it was just all about light. Now, dare I say that potentially the, the way that we can work in the the angle of phonons having to do with acoustics harmonics and all of it was that there's the way in which, again, this is just a film, but I'm using this as an example, the way in which the female uh, lead character in the in the film was able to sort of tell if her um, Interesting ex-boyfriend, let's say, what the invisibility suit was around, was if she could very quietly hear the cameras tweaking or turning because they needed to adapt to the light waves in which or the sorry the vector states in which the suit would move into based on the transitional movements of the environment which speaks to the concept of again optical epigenetics uh, you name it now we see here that the person wears an invisibility cloak made of a retro reflective material that reflects light back in the direction uh, where it came like cat's eye reflectors do as the cloak carries the projected image of the background. The person seems to disappear, but surely the equipment standing around the person is clearly visible. Now, one thing I find interesting is that we're speaking about more of a hardware based type uh, technology. There seems to be this type of sort of, dare I say, organic uh, method used that could be harnessed within us via you know, the pineal gland or something like this that some people have claimed to have seen and taken pictures of pertaining to literally um again reptilian looking humanoids that have come in and out of um i guess we could say i don't want to say stargates but almost like doorways within the light spectrum which speaks to this to me this confinement of they can step in and out to observe us meanwhile there's this there's this perception of that fluctuation of the uh particle fluctuations and the vacuum the zero point vacuum and it's constantly coming in and out there's constant ebb and flow within a confined light space which speaks to me of again we see this image of someone peeking out it's kind of like again they're peeking out of the place in which they're situated in again for hypothetical purposes the reptilian humanoid would be situated in a light in spectrum based environment outside of what we can perceive relative to the five observables whereas Again, this suit would just be a scaled down which speaks to fractal cymatics again but would just be a scaled down version of, of a more organic based um, composition, if that makes sense.
1: It it makes complete sense, and I'm so grateful you brought the contact phenomena up because that's a big one on this list. Uh, when you when you start talking about interactions that people have had with non-human intelligences or whatever they are, uh, a lot of times um, they're not they're either seen as something they're not or not seen at all. And right. This is something very interesting. Again, as well, it's there's this cloaking type of. Uh, Necessity for them to either mask the way that they are or for them to not appear at all You see this with ships entities all of these things now This could be again like you said some sort of technology But it seems like more of an organic one It seems like a more of a hijacking of your ability to perceive in your mind about how you actually look at the world around you Rather than just disguising something in front of you when it comes to the contact phenomena specifically. And I love what you said about uh, they can pop in and out. And here's another thought that I had to, that I wrote down for us to talk about is the concept of our limited perception physically, like what our range of vision is. And so perhaps they know this, or perhaps it's even here on purpose as to not let us know that all these other things are going on for whatever reason, either it's nefarious or we're just not supposed to have access to it. It's something hidden. It's something that we're not ready for yet, something like that. So. We're supposed to learn what we can in the narrow band of information that we're given and anything outside of that, we don't have access to. Now that's again, for whatever reason, it could be deliberate, it could be nefarious, it could be you know, the moon matrix thing where it has this you know, uh, holographic universe on top of ours that's not real, but it's real enough for us to perceive and therefore live our lives off of. So all of these things, there's so many things again, that wrap up into this one concept of the ability to camouflage or to
0: elude detection. Right. And speaking of eluding detection, one thing I did want to bring up as well to your incredible point, brother, is this right over here, something called the Sly phenomenon. And I know a lot of people seem to be interested in this and rightfully so and justifiably so. The Sly phenomenon stands for street light interference. Now, we see here, according to Wikipedia, not to be confused with the street light effect. It is sometimes called the high voltage syndrome, is the claimed ability of individuals to turn street lights. Or outside building security lights on or off when passing near them. Now we see here that believers in sly streetlight interference allege that they experience it on a regular basis with specific lamps and streetlights, and more frequently than chance would happen uh, would explain. However, as a sly has never been demonstrated to occur in a scientific experiment, and those who claim uh, the ability have been found to unable to reproduce the effect on demand, which would again, to me, this concept of whether this is legitimate or not speaks to the pr- the propagation of uh, Um, I guess we could say uh, bending light waves, but more so the idea of intent via that, again, environment in which one is situated in. Now the question becomes, you know, what, what do I mean by that? So we see here, for example, this concept of people not being able to reproduce this. Now the scientific method requires for proof to even even vaguely give any type of, you know, attention to this for proof to be in the pudding. It needs to be reproduced over and over. Well, I would say unless there's absolutely nothing to this, but I'm pretty certain that we can confidently say light waves clearly have something to them at this point with respect to what can be done in many different uh, facets of things. I think it's very safe to say at this point that the idea of bending light relative to the intent and relative also to the environment that you are in creates the effect of whether it can be produced or not, or reproduced or not produced. And I'm not trying to use that as a cop-out excuse, but we see, for example, Ingo Swan with the Faraday cage and the quantum chip, this this idea that he was potentially able to collapse the wave, if you will, within the cage, because that Faraday cage isolated all of the other scrambled frequencies um, outside of the cage. And so if he was able to focus and hone in that state of bliss, he would be able to do this. Now, what's even more peculiar is that when we look at, for example, Something we've looked at uh, previously, uh, more so on the uh, previous public Gen Z live stream from last Friday, uh, per- the Rabbit Hole episode one pertaining to DMT, not the drug, but defense mechanism testing, found that people who are in more of a state of bliss and inner solitude, if you want to call it, were innate were able to enact their ESP skills, their extrasensory perception skills, far more. Um, Quickly and adamantly than that of those who couldn't. Now the question then becomes, okay, Dave, what do you mean by accessing those skills? Well, there was a particular part of the brain that had a, a hypertemporal sort of excitement to it, and hypertemporal, yes, we are speaking that speaks to the way in which time is chronologically ordered relative to the, you know, the optics of the eyes and all that, which goes back to what we were first discussing. But there was clearly an instance in which when someone feels more inner solitude, peace, relaxation understanding oneself and more inner sovereignty, if you want to call it, there seems to be something that activates, which then leads to something like what we have right here. Again, express.co.uk, scientists baffled by people who can turn streetlights off by walking past. Um, again, it's quite interesting because this to me personally speaks to the concept of the, similar to that of the cloud busting type situation that Mr. John Russell, uh, I not sure if you've had him on as well but mr john russell does a, a great job of uh explaining back in the day how the united states government made it illegal for someone to 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 cloud bust because for a number of reasons i would dare to argue that would also give substan- even even the slightest substantiation to intent and telekinesis being the legitimate thing, psychokinesis, you name it, which then again speaks to the whole concept of, um, we could say, you know, intent via sigils, regardless of what we would want to call that, whether a sigil or a, you know, foundational board of, in, of intent based manifestations, you name it. But there's clearly something there that the, the media, education and other apparatuses do not want us to explore more and so they can't prevent us from exploring it so they kind of scatter the information if that makes sense
1: it makes complete sense and what you said about non-reproducibility that is something that's been on my mind a lot as far as the non-reproducibility of what we call a high strangeness phenomena uh, esp out-of-body experiences that you can validate right through what you exactly what you well articulated with the scientific um, method there now, what's interesting about this, too, is just zooming out just one level, you can then maybe uh, draw the conclusion that it's done on purpose. That basically the idea of non-reproducibility for things in the high strangeness phenomena is a camouflage in itself. It's a camouflage for verification. And this, in this way, it shows also that there are amazing things that go on here, but that there's some sort of, again, blockage for them to be able to be expressed or articulated in a way that others can see it, enjoy it, and express it as well In based on the scientific method. So it's interesting that maybe the scientific method itself is a camouflage apparatus of some kind. It basically tells you that if you can't reproduce it, if you can't show other people what you're experiencing, if you can't validate the idea of a consensus reality, then it doesn't exist, right? And this is even something that's very interesting when it comes to all of the high strangeness phenomena. People, you know, standing there, one person sees a UFO, one person does not, and they're standing right next to one another. So who's right and who's wrong? Well, they're both right, right? And so this, again, is one way of camouflaging. They'll show one person something and not show another. And so, again, this idea of even consensus reality seems to be a camouflage of sorts, you know, for our psyche and for the way that we interact with our world. Now, what's really interesting to this also is uh, John Russell's uh, cloud bursting is fascinating. And, of course, they don't want you to uh, realize that you can do that, which I highly encourage everybody to go do that. Go burst some clouds and send them to Texas. We need the rain right now. But, uh, I, you know, it's just interesting, again, this phenomenon. I have heard of the, the sleigh phenomena, the streetlights. And it's fascinating. I've uh, spoken to people. I've had folks on the show that can do this. And they'll say, I can drive down the road. And they'll validate it with other people. And then, of course, it's written off in the person's mind that they're with because they don't understand it. So they don't, again, come at this from the same perception. And so, again, instantly, you're camouflaged even in real time of you, of someone being able to drive down the street, turn the lights off as they want, and then they'll pop on as they pass them. Again, it it all seems like there's, there's something huge going on here. And I think that this topic really alludes to something that you can't see.
0: Right, which then speaks to this whole idea of uh, Mira, who you so incredibly thankfully brought on last time around pertaining to, again, I asked her about Euclidean geometry and non-Euclidean and she she goes, yes, Euclidean is ugly, non-Euclidean has more, you know, fruitfulness, color to it, metaphorically, Um, it looks more appeasing, if you will, and and speaking to that, um, one thing I wanted to bring up here is I wanted to reference broadband invisibility uh, we see here from the document to understand why non-euclidean geometry comes to the rescue of invisibility now let's refresh the mind of those watching uh we see here this is euclidean geometry which is straight right angle uh you know lines vector sk- states all of that and that speaks to the idea of again uh string theory um you know this uh, we could even argue super string theory in many different regards but it, going back to the concept of straight lines now non-euclidean geometry, are these two here, this one on the far left and this one on the far right, elliptic and hyperbolic, which then speaks to if we were to apply these lines to a space-time metric grid, to what extent could this occur? Well, we could see here that we would have, for example, a curvature in two dimensions. And in addition to this as well, uh, we would also have here the idea of if this were the space-time grid, there could, in fact, be a quote unquote phenomenon or anomaly that occurs based on the internal, dare I say, sigils within us that seem to activate, again, certain things like the sly phenomenon. Now, activating on and off streetlights or turning them on or off, rather, is not something that's super exciting, but I think it speaks to subtle, subtly hidden and potential capabilities within the vast majority of individuals that seem to be able to inhabit this. Now. Again, what's interesting about all of this is that we see, regardless of where you were to put this sort of triangle type, um, I guess you could say, uh, shape and in all of that, when you bend it on the space on the, the, the space-time metric grid or system, what you see is that it keeps its form regardless of the bending or you know, stretching of the actual metric of space-time. So if we were to apply that in the sense of us viewing it in this regard, we view our reality as again, something linear, straight, you name it, it doesn't have to be temporal or time based. But if we were to view an event in the same regard, then fold into a different type of, uh, I guess you could say, um, optical visualization, I think we would have what um, in the Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, film, sort of like the mirror dimensions with Doctor Strange, we would have a lot of bending and things like this. And I think there was a point in in the film when Spider-Man had realized that the mirror dimensions were just comprised of, um, I think, fractals and mathematics and things like this. And he was able to defeat Doctor Strange by trapping him, realizing that the mirror dimension was comprised of non-Euclidean geometries. Once he figured that out, he was able to again, harness the archetype of that mirror dimension to be able to genuinely to to, to mess with him. And so what we see here is that to understand why non-Euclidean geometry comes to the rescue of invisibility, we have to see, uh, consider the following two-dimensional example. Imagine a virtual space made up of a flat space, a sheet of paper and a curved space, the surface of a sphere. The two spaces touch at one line. Consider the fate of light rays in this two-dimensional virtual world. Light rays would either pass the sphere or enter through the connecting line. The surface of the sphere, whereupon after one loop, they would continue in the same direction as they entered as if the tour on the sphere had never happened. The sphere is invisible, it shows only as a time delay of the light ray. Although the sphere is invisible, it does not make something else invisible yet, however, this is easily arranged. Imagine a mirror around the equator of the sphere, the ray bounces off at the mirror, but after another bounce it is back on track. A mirror in this curved space reflects light back to itself. The mirror creates the illusion that the light performs a full great circle, whereas in reality it stays on one hemisphere. The other hemisphere is hidden. Alternatively, some lines on the sphere are never crossed by light rays. Such lines can be opened like an eye. The space they enclose is hidden from sight. And I think this also speaks to the idea of photons not De exciting staying excited within a cavity frame or space, so I think as well, when we look at again the diagrams here ABC or D, we see this optical illusion that seems to give the perception that one is going into some type of. um, let's give an example let's say the the invisible man suit we had it and we just so happened to time the suit to go invisible right as we walked up to a wall. If timed aptly and correctly, it would appear to others we we're about to walk through that wall when in reality we just made our suit invisible and we just stopped right in front of the wall. So it would be the same idea, in my opinion. Is anything you want to jump in on, uh, Brandon?
1: Absolutely brilliant. I love the uh, wall analogy. And if you look at this, the uh, graphics C there, uh, that just reminds me of the lens of an eye um and so it seems that you know even the way that we perceive our world could be this way again it could be an intentional hijacking it could be just something that's built in that we you know haven't really uh pun intended looked at yet but it looks like um whenever and again this and i'm just going to represent everybody here by just saying flat earth people argue this because the way in which our reality is perceived can be perceived in both models. So you can put it on a flat plane or you can wrap it around a sphere. And again, this is where contention comes in, right? But with this, when I'm looking at this, what I'm thinking is, is again, like your eye works. It works by bending light, by wrapping around, by and then it comes in backwards and then your mind flips it upside down, or right set up, rather. And uh, so again, it's even the way that your eye takes in light seems to be misleading uh, For for the best word possible on that.
0: Right, and also I think this is a very nice diagram that I didn't even have pre-planned, but I think is very well in uh, describing here what we see as this would be Euclidean geometry on the left, diagram A, and this would be non-Euclidean on the right, diagram B. Now, what's interesting is that a lot of people who claim to, you know, when they when they take psychedelics, they claim to see potentially the, um, I use this word loosely and carefully for the audience, the simulation, or rather I should say the archetype or potential substrate of what we're within being inhabitant of this right over here they people have told me privately and even on the record dave you know it looks like yes it's sort of like a gear but more of like a fluid type of gear which speaks to photons phonons and uh, again scalar scalar waves and scalar commensurability so that also would speak to the idea of um we could say for example non euclidean geometries being the source of a lot of the archetype and then the euclidean geometries being the sort of not top but upper layer upper relative to again surface level science relative to where we are today and that would be the idea of again people claim to see this type of wave fluctuation during their psychedelic experiences which to me speaks to the idea of also the macro and the micro we zoom into the line here we may find that again imagine hypothetically we could zoom in extremely small even though my computer's at its limit you would find within zooming into the line hypothetically if this wasn't a digital screen, a potential fluctuation within those lines, and then if we zoomed into these lines, you'd find fluctuations within those. So again, I'm not saying that's what is, but it speaks to this idea of uh, scalability and commensurability relative to what's called electromagnetic tensor uh, tensor metrics. So, um, yeah,
1: completely. And I love that you brought up psychedelics because I'm a psychonaut as well. So. I have observed this phenomena. You know, now there's two different ways to look at this. Either psychedelics are kind of like a cheat code to this place and they show you the real reality and that actually your your senses are all dulled because that's one thing that you're... That you receive with psychedelics when you're on that, um, when you're having that experience, is a, an overload in the data input. Your eyesight is much more crystal clear and it's better. Your hearing is better. You can perceive frequencies outside of your limited range that you come standard, right? Your standard features as a human on this model. And it's very interesting because then one might say okay well perhaps when you're you know tripping uh, and in the throes of a psychedelic experience that that's the real reality and that really when you're here and you're just walking around normal sober person that that's the perturbance or that's the trip right and so it it kind of you know has it just again depends on the way that you look at it but yes i think that psychedelics offer a great key that there is something massive going on here that you do have access to if you choose to partake in that now not a lot of folks do that but the ones that do have access to higher concepts, man. You know, especially like people that, um, if, if we're just talking uh, psilocybin mushrooms here, you're you're very apt to take care of nature. You're very apt to want to tell people about it. You're more connected to everything, and this is just an inherent byproduct of the experience itself. You feel like one. You again, you feel like the illusion's been dissolved and that you're not seeing camouflage anymore that the camo is gone or these optical mirages that are just placed in front of you all the time and that in that psychedelic experience is when you see the true reality now again this is just a perception thing this is just kind of one of those things but when you alter your perception especially that way it seems to just have such a tremendous eye-opening effect to the possibilities of this place
0: right which also honestly if we're delving into that i mean this would speak to a topic that seems to be quite um quite prominent amongst people these days which is again i'm being overly vague here but the is space real topic what's up there is it a fluid is it not even existent is it a holofractal morphogenetic reflection of sorts based on the epigenetic uh consensus reality more so closer to the surface level of the planet hard to say. Now what's interesting about this is that we find here that uh, not claiming to have the answer whatsoever, but light waves at cloaking device we see here wave propagation in a virtual space in um, again in uh, excuse me in oops where'd that go there we go in figure a right over here and then we have wave propagation in a real space. Now, what's quite interesting is that we see differentiables, um, non differentiables, which differentiables refer to the concept in Einsteinian theory that the space time metric relative to the Levy Cavita connection needs to be consistent. They're in the idea that if there are slight variations in the space time metric, it's quote unquote common. But then my idea or my proposal is okay, common relative to what? To the yeah. Einstein geometries, or like, what do you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to be a smartass. I'm just saying that we see here that their theories appeared in Science Express on May 25th, 2006, and were published back to back in Science Magazine later on. The first paper only considered isotropic materials optical materials where the speed of light at each point in the same uh, in each direction, but may vary from point to or is the same excuse me in each direction, but may vary from point to point. Most natural optical materials, except for some crystals and all liquid crystals are isotropic or isotropic in isotropic materials invisibility is perfect only for light rays. But the cloaking device may cause dislocations of the light waves in addition to the optical implementation of coordinate transformations some other tricks are required i want to focus on this this word here tricks yep. it seems that it's not so much when i say it i'm speaking to the phenomenon at large poltergeist uap ufo you name it invisibility all of this the the sly phenomenon street light interference all of that it seems like again the basic laws of physics as we know it relative to this environment and reality we're in even dare i say epigenetically is not being broken it's being bent spliced you name it um manipulated the metric is being re-manipulated um it seems like again it goes back to what dr eric davis seemingly stated which is that he goes i can assure you none of this science breaks any of the laws of physics It's just that we on the surface of academia have not extrapolated it enough or expanded it enough to get to this point. So it seems like, again, it honestly, philosophically, it speaks to the potential um, environment that we as a collective on the surface of this planet are in with respects to things are in our faces. They're being bent and coerced. They're not being completely, we're not being lied to, but rather we're being coerced and obfuscated to, if that makes sense, but you wanna jump in?
1: do completely and I love this uh, because of the tricks that word especially but also with the uh, liquid crystals now it's very interesting as I'm thinking of Mike Ricksecker uh, I had him on the show and he was talking about that mainly um, ghosts and aberrations will appear in humid areas so that's very important that you don't really find them in dry arid arid, arid areas but really humid areas where there's a lot of moisture in the air that's when they're able to appear or that's when you're able to see them so perhaps again Maybe this matrix or maybe this state of things at this hyper activity that we're in, this high vibration, it cloaks things from your ability to perceive. But again, with these liquid crystals, with water, that's uh, very important. Even with the, uh, I believe they're called uh, Wava Towers, something like that, Waka Towers. They're these huge towers that are uh, placed in incredibly arid places that yank water out of the air and then provide clean drinking water for all the people that don't have access to it. Now, even that tells you that even in the driest places that there's an abundance of moisture or liquid crystals all around us. So therefore, this is a global thing. So yes, our entire environment is surrounded with this type of ability to manipulate the way that we perceive things. And it's all around you, which makes me you know, kind of think that even the molecules that make up our entire environment are just little cameras reflecting whatever they want to see at some level. And so we even have a technological reference for this with the invisible man, with the cameras that project, you know, the image behind them on front of them. And that's how they're able to cloak or trick your eyes into not being as perceivable. But this could be a way in which, again, we're just talking about the idea that moisture in the air or that the molecules that compose everything have the ability to only show you what it wants to. And this is also why you can like, let's say read a book and you come back to the book years later and you're like, I, I don't remember reading this at all. It's new information, but it's something that you miss the first time. And so perhaps the environment just constantly refreshes if you want to put it that way. And man, I've thought about this, <clears throat> the observer principle, if you're not looking at it, it doesn't exist technically. Right. And so every, maybe even every time you blink, that's a refresh button for the simulation, and so it's kind of built into the way that we experience things. You blink, and your, you know, environment refreshes right in front of you every time you blink. And so, if you sit there and try to hold your eyes open, maybe you know everything will uh, melt down and fall apart. Who knows? But it's an interesting thing. Even that our, you know, and I get the whole scientific like our eyes need moisture, and so of course you have to blink. But You know, maybe, again, that was built into this environment so that it's something that could constantly render and refresh itself as it sees or as a reflection to what your understanding is at the time.
0: Wow okay well, I want to thank you for giving me a couple different uh, ideas here pertaining specifically to that so one of them is, I would like to jump to this image here again. I would like to uh, ask the audience to envision for a moment that let's say, for example, uh, in figure a you have essentially dropped a uh, rock um, into let's just say uh, you've dropped a rock into a pond in let's just say a video game grand theft auto something like this not that you can do that but again just for those in the audience just bear with me for a second indulge me please uh we see here imagine your character drops a rock into the pond in grand theft auto it is more than likely granted that you know the code is getting quite sophisticated which then speaks to the simulation hypothesis but putting that aside that the water will not ripple in a quote unquote um cymatic fractal effect relative to its environment around you it'll just fall into the water now if we take that that would be diagram a the rock has been dropped into the water where my mouse is right here and then it's just there's been a, there's a ripple of sorts but again in a virtual space as it's shown here virtual space uh, propagation in figure a Nothing really happens, whereas B is real space now again not to get too down the rabbit hole, we can say that you know quote unquote real is just a more. Amplified and sophisticated version of that video game, but that's again separate conversation but. let's drop that rock into the pond here and we'll notice as well that there may in fact there will in fact be rather a immediate effect velocity and inertial effect of the rock going into the pond from the quote unquote realistic uh reactions within day-to-day life in our environment now not trying to trip people out no pun intended but the idea here is that what if then again imagine figure a is grand theft auto the video game figure b is what we call real life well what if grand theft auto has not been coded as sophisticated enough yet to inhabit the same similarities as real life. The reason I bring that up is because to your point, Brandon, we take a look here. I don't care if it gets copyrighted. It just means I won't be able to monetize it, I think. Um, doesn't matter because I don't do it anyways. Uh, the in- Some scenes from The Invisible Man. We see here, right, the invisible suit scene. We see that the cameras seem to be, when they're turned on, the suit is able to immediately have those light waves propagated back to our, you know, our. Um, to our our eyes which then perceive the photons in a particular manner what's interesting about all of this is that i find to propose based on what you just said that our subconscious reality may be these cameras on a much more sophisticated level would would you lean, would you lean in that direction or are you or am i off with what you're saying
1: oh i'll lean the hell in that direction i'm absolutely saying that yes and and this is another thing you know back to the simulation argument you can't really prove that you're not just a brain in a vat somewhere being fed Mm -hmm. information and that that's how you're experiencing your reality you can't prove that and so even a concept like this is absolutely fascinating because again this could be your perception and now if you think about it each one of those little cameras that make up your entire reality you could say are an experience or a lifetime or another little sub fractal universe in itself and that's what makes up the totality of your body and then let's say you scale it up and whatever is the source of this, the architect, whatever it is, God, that really it's made up of all of our perceptions as well. And kind of that's what the unity consciousness thing tells us. This is just a very good and pun intended for the camouflage episode way of viewing it. It's just a way of looking at it differently. And so whenever you look at this, it's all of those tiny little cameras and then, you know, you zoom into one of those, well, those all have components and those all have a universe within them that operate to make sure that everything's functioning properly. Now, this again is kind of the allude to the illusion. Now, let's say that one of those cameras malfunctions. Well, we have examples of this and who knows if you can authenticate them or not, but glitches in the matrix that, that people have witnessed that they've caught on video camera. with. One great example is the guy sitting in his car, his head's away from you, and in the rearview mirror of his own car, his face turns and looks somewhere else, and then looks back, but his head doesn't move. What right, is this? Right. That's a glitch in your matrix. That's something obviously wrong here, or that doesn't fit with any accepted model. And of course, it's not repeatable because the scientific methods in on the in on the ruse, right? Then, when you think about it, um, there's been birds, you know, in mid-flight with their wings up, not gliding. Yeah. That have been found just floating in the in the sky airplanes in dead freeze uh, a balloon will wipe off and then the cable behind it you know the string uh, that it was tethered with will be in a perfect flowing motion but stuck there not articulating but stuck frozen yep this is a wonderful example i'm glad you pulled that up thank you this is one of the things about our the way that reality presents us again it's very sophisticated but it sometimes it feels like grand theft auto not only you know, socially, and that is absolutely another conversation, but really in the way that you can kind of point out inconsistencies in experience here. And you can do this in a wide variety of ways. These are just some that have been captured, you know, using modern technology, which again, who can say the validity of, but in shared with us to really spark the interest and to really, this is almost in itself a psychedelic trip for people who don't invite in that, because you're looking at reality in a way that it's never been presented to you before. And what's more, is science tells you that your observation is wrong of this, which is something uh, that's a whole other conversation in itself. But your observation of reality does not match up to what you've been saying. That's gaslighting, you know, from any system, from nature, from anything. So when a squid, you know, an octopus blends into a wall, that's gaslighting. He's telling you he's not there, but he can mimic the texture, uh, the colors, everything of what's behind him, almost like again these cameras that kind of just look at the things behind them and then project it on the front. You know, the um, cloaking technology in the Avengers movies, the same thing. You know, and at a level, one could say that they're really just showing you stuff that they've got, you know, if you kind of believe in the whole predictive programming thing, that they're just showing you technology that already exists. Same thing in Harry Potter with that cloak. Uh, I saw a video of a Japanese guy that made one of those things, and he's just smiling, you know, standing behind it. Just, hey, guys, you can't see me. And uh, then I'm I'm thinking of that old video that went around a few years ago of these shadowy, you know... um, let's call it like predator cloned type um, humans uh, that were running up to a tank and doing something and then ran off, right? Do you remember seeing this thing? And there were two little shadowy figures and you can catch them on infrared, which is what they did in hollow man. So you can't necessarily cloak from everything, but I don't have infrared built into the cameras that were given to me on this vehicle. So that's just something I'm gonna have to rely on technology for. So it's just, again, very interesting. And even when you, again, point out these glitches in the matrix, that's fascinating to me. That That's kind of one of the red herrings on this, pun intended again with the bird,
0: because <laughs> oh <laughs> we're crushing it. Speak, I was just gonna say, speaking of the bird and all of that, one thing I wanted to, to bring up as well too here is this concept. And I think we can make some direct correlations, literally brother, thanks to what you said here, is again, we see, for example, if we take a look here, uh, Euclidean versus non-Euclidean geometry, um let me just give a friendly reminder to all again it's the bending of what's initially considered to be oops excuse me uh euclidean oh why is it not opening the image okay well anyways point being is that again euclidean geometry is straight whereas non-euclidean is bent it seems to keep opening the link that's not what i'm trying to get at but anyways what's interesting here again going back to the bird being frozen in time if you will is the bird being frozen in time Or is there again what's interesting about this here in particular is we find now what's interesting about this is um, this actually is a graph of a model of the financial market, which to me also speaks to the potentiality of well the financial market is what humans observing a particular ebb and flow of, a, of an item or material right this being the case money which speaks to the concept of egregores which i'll get to. short we'll we'll probably touch on shortly but i find quite interesting here that imagine for example folks the yellow grid is sort of the upper layer of what we're living in and the green grid is sort of the not saying there's only two but that would you know that would speak to duality and even if there was more than two you can probably couple it into two groups and we find here the substrate of the potential archetype that we're living in the green grid and then you have of course the yellow grid now this speaks to the idea of again the yellow grid being sort of a um a grand theft auto type situation right and i say this because this would take us right back to this right over here so the yellow grid uh give me one second here let me put this right next to each other the yellow grid would represent the virtual test of the rock being dropped into the pond whereas if we were able to gain even slight access to the green grid, hypothetically in this example, we can see as well, again, that it would be this right here. It would be seeing more of what, Potentially is now the question then becomes who am I to say what is or isn't which speaks to this idea of again. Collapsing the wave finding that Center point between either the two spinner states here, as we see a spinner support spinner or between the two grids regardless if we go vertical or horizontal. uh, Vertical or horizontal we find that it comes down to going back to that Planck scale which speaks to the concept of you know time fears the pyramid and all of this but more importantly I wonder if seeing past the yellow grid potentially having to do with the age of Aquarius where the frequencies lighten up and what I mean by that is sort of like a, if you're sleeping in your bed during the winter time, you're going to have more for those that experience the cold and all that depending where you live in the world you're going to have more blankets over top you during the winter because you can feel the cold more easily now imagine you only had one layer of blanket over you during the winter you'd feel even with your closed it'd be freezing cold and that would be the idea same concept with frequencies in the age of aquarius much more absorbable much more interpretable even for those that are not as i say this carefully quote unquote spiritual enlightened i use those words very carefully but again it would be the idea that we are then seeing past the standard idea or the standard view of the bird flying and realizing it's not all birds flying some of the birds may in fact, when we go look at the green grid, may in fact be this here, this type of idea, not saying it's a suit or something with a suit, although interestingly enough, that would speak to, you know, the example that mister elizondo Alezondo's been making about the pandas in a zoo, you know, the gatekeep, the the guard, the human guards put a panda suit on. It's funny to us, but the pandas believe it. Again, that's a different conversation. But you see how it all kind of comes full circle in that, in that manner. But um anything you want to jump in on?
1: Absolutely, and the panda example is a wonderful. When I use that one all the time, uh, in this in this image right here, one of the things I was thinking about when you were showing it, the two grids with the yellow on top, yes, perfect. Is it seems like yes, if we if we represent this as green as base reality or what we're able to experience, right? And yellow is what you actually experience and see. Now, in the middle of that, there's a system in place that kind of projects things to you that's not accurate. It's kind of like the game of telephone. It's kind of like whatever runs this apparatus in the middle knows exactly what's going on here. They know exactly how the game is played. And so they present the information from base reality to you in a way that's disingenuous. And your job here is to figure that out it's kind of like part of the game it's part of you sitting there saying hang on birds shouldn't just freeze in midair with their wings up like that like we have texas buzzards out here of course and they'll hover you know on um uh air you know and um what do they call that like wind gusts and stuff like that but really they're there's still an animation you can see it right but with oh you mean
0: like they'll, they'll they'll glide based on the wind uh yeah
1: Yeah, and sometimes if they're facing into a strong wind, they'll look like they're standing still. And that's not what we're talking about here. This is a completely different, like birds anatomically with their wings up, they should either be falling or flapping. And so you should, you're catching them basically in the middle of something that aerodynamically cannot be explained and frozen in that way. So how do you, you know, interpret your reality when it's presented to you in that way? This is, again, what I think we're here to figure out with this dualistic universe, with what's coming in from base reality, the perturbance that's delivered to you, and then your observation of it. This is kind of, again, what I think this whole environment is all about, if you want to get real philosophized with it, uh, is that you've got duality only exists as a black and white for you to determine the gray and to find the gray located within these Mm. juxtaposition type. type of concepts and this is the oldest philosophical argument ever either or the idea that you only have either or and we've discussed on here quite a bit man this idea of a wild card or a third option an indeterminability and that indeterministic thing i think is again what you're here to determine and so you're giving examples of this all the time now maybe base reality and like you said with the awakening with this age of aquarius and I would even just say, now you don't even need to be spiritual, just aware. Just look around at your world and say, that bird shouldn't be hanging in the air like that. What's going on? Or actually, my observation of reality of what's going on does not mirror that of education, politics, uh, religion, science, any of it. It doesn't show me the same thing. So where does that put me and my experience and my understanding of this reality? And so then... <clears throat> Even though it's all processed the same, our interpretation and experience of it is what's very unique to you and I and to everyone here. And that's what we're all kind of just talking about and telling each other. You know, in my mind, we're just kind of all walking each other home. And we're doing this through our observation of reality as it's seen from an authentic, altruistic understanding of things, not what you're being gaslit and then
0: parroted back out. Speaking of observation of reality, and I, man, we, we, this. I just gotta say not to pat ourselves on the back but to pat ourselves on the back this I, I love when you come on the show all the time and i'm sure the audience does too because if it wasn't for you i wouldn't have thought of this which wouldn't have led me to what i'm about to show right now so thank you brandon we well, see that here... away
1: we're crushing this dude. We're the killer's <laughs> game the,
0: absolutely. We, we see here that, um, again, the fundamental problem in this DIA, this uh, defense intelligence research document, is that the fundamental problem pertaining to uh, optical metamaterials made of nanowires is that this is quite peculiar. The demonstrated microwave cloaking device only works correctly for microwave radiation of a, a specific frequency or wavelength, right, which speaks to extremely low frequencies and how people, again, potential, I want to say potentially targeted individual TIs or, you know, um, doppelgangers or things like this could have occurred in the past potentially. Um, And the processed optical cloaking device would also work for just one frequency, and that is for only one color. Light of different colors would be severely distorted. So to see things disappear in a cloaking device, one should wear tinted glasses of the required color, which of course completely defeats the purpose. This design flaw is inevitable, no matter how much progress is made and number 28 here next to inevitable cites the source at the bottom. I believe an academic paper, no matter how much progress is made in the technology of metamaterials for the following reason. The device is designed such that light waves traveling around the object enclosed by the cloaking device are completely indistinguishable from light waves propagating through empty space this is achieved by implementing the coordinate transformation shown below in figure 17 so again the idea would be this also speaks to the pine cones kissing if i'm being honest with you know uh, sal salvatore paez mr winter all of it but we see over here that again the bending around sort of like when you have a river flowing of water you put the rock in the water the 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 rock doesn't do anything to the water the water bends around the rock now what's quite interesting here is i want to point out the device is that designed such that light waves traveling around the object enclosed by the cloaking device are completely indistinguishable from light waves propagating through empty space now again that's not the point of this paper i wouldn't call empty space empty but the idea here is that i wonder not to get all tinfoil hat here but i wonder if the architect of this archetype whether for nefarious purposes or for the purposes of allowing us to find that third indeterminate variable of you know bliss collapsing the wave whatever you want to call it as you mentioned so eloquently brandon designed that on purpose so that they you know they thought based on extrapolation when i say they the potential architects of this reality um thought if there is a material or materials that can sort of attempt to uh, bend or allow these individuals within this simulation game archetype reality experience to observe different states of observability in a light sense a light wave sense light wave propagational sense rather can we basically muddy the water so that no matter how advanced they make the tech it still relies on the same light waves which again just so happen to coincide with, quote unquote, empty space or dated everyday life. So you then have a problem potentially ascending, breaking free for better or worse, unless you find that inner bliss, which speaks to the you know collapsing the wave, the cone, all of that. But I, again, just a, an ex, a speculation. If you were someone, whether positive or negative or neither, creating this reality, would you want the escape to be through some type of invention? Probably not. You would want it to be through the realization of the inner self if that makes sense
1: that you've you've absolutely nailed it with this because the idea of empty space you know and even because they say that through empty space they're defining it in this paper as that and it's again like you said not necessarily so it's just something that they're very adamant about you believing and so that is that is one of the things here and you know to what you said about ti's or targeted individuals Perhaps, back to the simulation argument or even just some sort of organic simulation, it doesn't even have to be that technologically incredible just, just so it can fool you. It, it seems like maybe these, uh, maybe each of us have like an IP address, you know, maybe each of us can be isolated in this way within the simulation, but what it provides for you is experience and it shows you things that alter the trajectory of your life in a way that it wants to present it to you. Now, you could zoom out on this and say, well, you're the architect of everything and you did this for you, and that's fine. Either way, it, it's awesome either way. But what's also very interesting about this is, it, think about the events that change people's lives that aren't reproducible or that other people don't experience, but they made such a massive impact for that one, we can call it targeted individual for this experience. One of the, one of the things I've been looking at with the contact phenomena especially is that it seems like, and not in all cases, of course, because there's no ubiquity here, it seems like that they're visited by the same type of entity every single time. Have you noticed this, that if you're visited by the reptilians, the reptilians is all you see forever. Now, sometimes that'd be a great dance by every now and then, maybe to throw you off, or maybe again, part of this tapestry of experience for you, the targeted individual for this experience, and the- The attachment
0: of that. your intent. The attachment yes. of intent in that experience.
1: And it knows what you need to see just like the contact phenomena displays in people as well they show people what they need to see so let's say um uh, pam nance for instance Uh, it evolved for her as a child so as a child she saw little stuffed animals and little monkeys and little you know uh, cute plush type characters that were the entities but they presented themselves to her in that way as not to scare her away as to lead her again on this trajectory of inquisitiveness and she's turned those experiences into the, one of the most incredible careers surrounding this this type of phenomena. Then later it presented itself as greys, as Nordic beings, so they're much more human-like, but again, they had this fantastic technology. So again, it's like you're presented with things that alter your life in a way that is so remarkable to you that it does feel like you are a targeted individual. And this is where you know, we get the idea to talk about consensus reality. Maybe you're not experiencing the same thing because I experienced something completely different than that, but it was so true for me. Same thing with NDEs. When people come back from a near-death experience, 99.9% of them are phenomenal. They're great and wonderful. Same with the contactee phenomena. But some, that small percentage, really rings a bell of negativity in that person. And then they come back and what happens? They change their entire lives. So again, it feels like Even your reality itself is a very custom thing for you. It's it's giving, you know, you set all the filters, you set all of the experiences that you wanted to attract into your life that lead you down this trajectory for whatever reason. Again, just philosophically, I find the whole thing absolutely fascinating.
0: I really appreciate you emphasizing the for you, because that made me think of your you uh, reinforcing the placebo effect pertaining to, and for those on the Gen Z side, please bear with me, you'll know that this is not a literal phrase, but the concept of uh, people are, are stupid, but a person is smart, referencing the concept that if you have people together in a group, and someone says one thing, oh my gosh, did you see that, you know, this is how it appeared, and then it's Brandon, oh crap, this is how it appeared, and because you trust me in good faith, that's how you're going to take it. Therefore, your intent is already preconceived to, to, to observe that particular uh, state or object or what, what have you as how I described it to you. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm telling you how it looks, but I'm certainly influencing and coercing and bending the initial interpretation you may have had, which speaks to, again, non Euclidean geometry. I'm not telling you directly. If I were to tell you directly, in my opinion, it would be, Brandon, you got to see it for yourself, but rather I'm running to you and I'm going, Brandon, Brandon. it looks like this. And then it's it starts to, you know, because that's how it looked to me, which then speak to this concept of, well, if there was something, whether keeping us here for, uh, for ne- uh, nefarious purposes or just for the sake of benevolency with respects to experience and ascension and what have you, the idea would be, we don't want them to break free based on something that they observed. They need to, they need to, I don't want to say feel it, but understand know it. Right. Real understand awareness. the, the yeah. intuitive self-awareness. Right. Right. Exactly. So this speaks to the whole placebo effect leading to the for you type situation, which let's give a realistic life example for many, which is the idea of like, oh well, you know, let's say you and I, Brandon, we go to the movies or whatever, uh, and mm-hmm. I say to you, hey man, you know, try this uh type of popcorn or whatever. And, and, and I say, that's pretty good. Well, for me, it's pretty good. Maybe you try a piece and holy crap, this is garbage, right? Now it's possible based on the the people are stupid, a person is smart uh, metaphor that you may want to please me because to me, it's great, right. But again, that speaks to that whole conforming to a, a an, an outlook rather than directly saying, nah, I don't like it, man, you're a great guy, but I don't like it. So again, If you were to go ah dave i like it and you're you're bullshitting essentially you're conforming in that non-euclidean manner to appeasing me so i think the same way would work optically i think it all comes down to the same the same idea
1: yeah 100 that uh, that idea of conformity only you're only able to beat that deception or see through that camouflage whenever you become self-aware and whenever you know that your observation of reality is valid and that you don't need the interference of someone else's previous experience of this to alter your own and that's kind of the that's a that's a trick and you can see this whenever you impose your experience on someone else for instance we have my nephew staying with us for the summer Uh, i had him paint something and um, i stopped myself from saying hey you know uh taping up you know prep to paint is a huge pain in the ass it's the worst part of the process i didn't say any of that and because i don't want him taping up and going oh this is the worst part yeah you're right and hating it more and more and more things right. that you, you know, are influenced or so you, you've kind of, you know, given people a coloring book and then colored it in for them and said, Hey, here's your experience. It's like, maybe, but perhaps if you just approach it with a just, you know, see what you think and ask more questions. So even asking more questions to the people who you're inviting to observe something as well, that is something that's huge. And I think that your self-awareness actually, I know this, your awareness comes through asking questions. It comes for, Challenging your concepts or old beliefs, challenging the ideas that other people feed to you, challenge what authority tells you. Question everything, guys, even all this, you know, that's that's like the biggest way to achieve self-awareness and to see through the camouflage.
0: I would encourage those listening or watching to say, you know, what Dave and Brandon are saying may in fact be wrong relative to how I'm interpreting it and again, we love for you guys to comment whether it's on Brandon's side of things or on my side of things um, in in the post below the uh, what you guys think but what do you think Brandon about uh, about wrapping this up just because there was so much that we that we covered here in the past uh, 45 to an hour
1: so much and you guys are already you know and if we missed anything please you know comment in write in if you guys have other observations in your reality if you have other videos or images or things like that that pertain to this or even inspired you to think about please write them in you know we love seeing stuff like that you guys are amazing Wonderful. and thanks again for all the kind words everybody's just been so sweet about this series day we are actually onto something here so thanks again for I, for doing I, this and thank
0: you all for listening i couldn't agree more and i thank you man and could you please tell my audience where you can be found if that's cool
1: expanding reality podcast.com that's going to be linked to all socials all the YouTube stuff lives are replayed there everything is there guys so check that thing out for sure
0: as well as uh, on my end patreon.com slash generation Z is where you can find content uh, such as this and precisely this content um, uh, in addition to as well uh, at podcast Z on Twitter generation Z podcast on Instagram no space no capitals and of course Generation Z Zed podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and of course YouTube. And I want to thank everyone for coming out and we'll catch you all for the next episode in this incredible series. Thank you again, brother. Thanks, guys.